Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. Good morning, FBC family. Hello and welcome to another virtual online Sunday. We are we do not give up in the times of adversity and trials. We continue to plow forth and I continue to just encourage you to keep putting a step in front of the other. We're getting closer and we're getting closer and we're getting closer and we're going to be together very, very soon in the name of Jesus. Because church is God's idea, right? And, the, and Paul writes in his letters, he says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And that's actually not a conscious decision right now, but actually when we do get together, it's so vital that we spend time fellowshipping together. We spend time worshipping together. I think that's the thing we've heard the most, and for me, I miss the most, is worshipping with brothers and sisters, lifting his name on high, giving him praise and adoration together. Because that's what, it, what I'm going to be talking a little about a little bit about today, which is worship, and that's us, that's our offering to God, that's our love to God. We're called to love God, and in our worship, we offer our love to Him. And our worship isn't just songs, but it's a lifestyle, but in sung worship, which we adore and we love. And we're so blessed to have such a wonderful team of worshipers here. And I, I, I just I could worship for hours, to be honest. I, I adore it. And one thing I wanted to share just prophetically a little bit, because I think it's actually important that we don't just look at the world, but we look in the spirit and we look what God is up to. And not saying that I'm the be-all and end-all, but I, I like to operate in the prophetic when I can because I, I love it and the Bible tells us to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. So I just speak over you guys, a hunger for the prophetic, and that you guys would increase your desire for the prophetic and you would increase your activity in the prophetic. And there's a difference between hearing God's voice and the prophetic, which is just a talk for another day. Um, but I just pray that over you. But as I was praying a couple of weeks ago, I was in just a time of prayer, and I was sitting in silence, just meditating and just waiting. And all of a sudden, I heard this rain, heavy rain falling upon the ground. And I, and I immediately looked out the window. I turned around, opened the blinds, and looked out the window, and it, there was no rain whatsoever, not a drop. It was a lovely night sky. You could see the stars. It wasn't even clouds out. And I thought, that's bizarre. And I, I kind of came back in just to my zone sitting down just still and it's quiet and I heard this rain again just heavy rain and it was almost like this sudden boom of rain that England doesn't usually have but it's this heavy heavy rain I say it doesn't usually have we have rain but not like boom heavy rain and I just sensed in my spirit that God is pouring out fresh rain upon the earth he's pouring out healing rain upon the land and healing rain upon fleet and over over this church and you know so many people can miss it can miss the boat they can miss the things that's right in front of their eyes due to religion due to conscious decision the pharisees knew i believe that jesus was fully god yet they still made the decision to kill him and so many people ignored jesus and i believe for us to, to to be ready for what is going to come you know when there's a setback there's usually on the other side of that an advancement in the kingdom when there's a time of, of trial, of struggle, of hurt and pain, and these things that, that cause us such a lot of damage sometimes, is on the other side of those things, if you can get through them, there's usually great, great victory. You just look at the cross, for instance. He was on the cross, he was dead, he was finished, and he was in the tomb, and every, all, all the world had collapsed. It was gone, gone to pieces. For three days, hope was lost. It was completely gone. But on the other side of that suffering, but on the other side of the turmoil, came the greatest victory to ever hit the earth, the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm fully aware this is an Easter message right now, but I 
but this is one thing I feel like God is, is sharing for us in this moment, to have hope and to see things in the Spirit, to, to see with his lenses, not the world's lenses, not the media's lenses, but the Holy Spirit's lenses and see what he's doing upon the earth. With that all said, let's pray, shall we? Let's pray and just fix our lenses, fix our gaze upon him. Jesus, you are king of the universe. You're so faithful, you're so wonderful, you're so kind, you're so loving. You're so breathtaking, Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would cause us to know Jesus intimately, the same hunger that Paul had just to know Jesus above all else. He presses on to know Christ. Would we as a church have that same hunger, that same desire to walk intimately with Jesus, our King, our friend, our creator, the lion and the lamb, who is not dead but alive. And Jesus, I pray that you would bless my words, you would bless my spirit in this time to deliver what is on your heart, to, to speak your words. And Jesus, may the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. Always, Monday to Friday, Monday to Sunday. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, I'm, I'm shaking a little bit because it's cold, so I'm trying to push through it. I'm trying to just, you know, not make my, my lip quiver. But I'm also just very aware of the presence of God as well right now, so I'm a bit of a bit cold, a bit, a bit just overwhelmed in the, in the spirit. But we're on our fourth week of Advent now. Can you believe how quickly it's gone? I've been off on paternity leave for my second week of paternity leave. This last week just gone, so I'm back this, this week, ready to roll, ready to rock, as we always do in Fleet. It's very well known for its rock and roll, and I'm very well known for my rock and roll. But ready to go, ready to move into Christmas, ready to move into Christmas together and to come to the end of this year together, which we've done so amazingly. I'm so blessed to have be a part of this team, a part of the leadership here. We're so blessed that all the work the elders have done, the tireless hours, the admin, the prayers, the uh, problem solving, all this kind of stuff that a lot of people won't be fully be aware of, but know that we're just in good hands of people they've gone above and beyond to, to, get, to keep us in a place where we are today and, and to put us in good stead for the future. So we just praise God for that. But today, as we come to an end of Advent, Amy spoke on joy last week, and we come to an end of Advent, we're going into Christmas, and I want to speak about something that has been spoken about thousands and thousands of times. And if you've been in the church for a long time, you would have heard about this through many Bible verses, through weddings, through funerals, through church services, even in through media, you would hear of this word, love. And the video just before this service, just before the my talk would have described it perfectly. I almost don't need to do any more talking, but I'm going to attempt to. And we're, I'm going to be talking about this word love. And I cannot stress enough, and I cannot even stress for myself, the importance of this word love. And I cannot even put into words, I believe, the eagerness and the hunger and the desire of heaven for the church, for Christians, for his people to walk in greater levels and dimensions of love. I heard someone, I heard a couple of people say, once upon a time, the church doesn't need more love. And I'm just like, I'm, I just couldn't believe it. I, couldn't, I was like, we need so much more love because love is exactly the motivation and the cost that it was for Jesus to come to the earth. And so operating in love is fully the, the nature of heaven, the nature of God. And I believe that we as a church are awakening to greater levels of love. And I can't stress and I believe heaven can't stress enough 
power, the importance of operating in love. And as the video said, we, we owe it to him. The same as he did. He had everything. He was enthroned upon the praises of the saints. He was on his throne. He was, had everything he ever needed. Yet he chose to come as a baby, naked and vulnerable, to the realm where sin ruled and reigned, where the devil could have his way, wherever he was given authority to do so. And he chose to come, make himself vulnerable to this. And he put love in action by getting off his throne. And we owe it to him as Christians to get off our butts and put love into action. Love is a doing word, and we're going to unpack that just very quickly. But first I want to share a story of a guy called Bob Jones. And some of you may have heard Bob Jones spoken about in the past. And he was a, I think he was an American guy from Kansas. And he was very, he was a very unorthodox prophet. He was a very unorthodox prophet, but I loved it. I love unorthodox people. I love the people that don't fit into society. I love the people that are out of normal, that just are a bit more wacky. I love most people, don't get me wrong, but I just love the people that are a bit more out there. Whether they're Christians or not, I just do. I'm just, I just, I just like being around those kind of people. But this guy, Bob, he, his testimony goes, he was ministering one day, and off the back of his ministering, he actually died. And there's a little bit more detail to it, but he actually died after his ministering. And well, after this certain time of ministering, he died and he was announced dead. And within this, his death, he had an encounter. And he said, within this encounter he was having, having, he was caught up in heaven, or the places to heaven. And he said, in this vision, he had people lining up in queues. And at the front of people's queues were the things they worshipped here on earth. So whether it was football, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, whether it was a certain someone, there was an, or an idol, they were in queues to worship, they were in queues to the, to the God they worshipped on earth. And the people that worshipped Jesus and, and Yahweh were in, in, queue, in queues to go and see him. And Bob Jones was in this queue. And Bob Jones gets to the front of this queue and, and God is asking the people one question. And he gets to the front of this queue and he says this, did you learn to love? And Bob says to him, no, I didn't. And as soon as he says that, he's come back to earth and he has another chance, an opportunity for, his another opportunity to do ministry and to love again, to learn how to love. And for you and for me in this church, the highest thing, the highest goal, the highest task that we could ever achieve on this earth is not how well we can memorize the Bible or quote the Bible or, or, or do these routines of how many times you've been to church or how many prayers you've prayed, but his goal for us on the earth is achievement. And those things are great. Don't, 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 hit, don't hear what I'm not saying in that. But those things are great. But the ultimate goal, and we know this through the words of Jesus, that the ultimate goal for you and me on this earth and we as a church, the greatest operation we are called to operate out of is the operation of love. Mark 12, 28 says this, the most important one, this is when Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment? Answer Jesus is this, and he's quoting the Torah here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than this. There is no greater commandment than for you to love God and to love people. 
and it wasn't, and, and obviously Jesus says this, and, and the Torah says this, sorry, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all, and with all your strength. It's one thing to love people in our heart and emotions, but it's another thing to put our love into action and to serve the people, to love them with our actions, with our giving. You know, I believe one of the, the, the best illustrations of loving God in the Bible is the, the widow's offering. Is it widow's offering? I might be getting that confused. But the lady who came and poured out her oil, her expensive perfume over Jesus. It, the world didn't understand it. And the world doesn't understand the, what, the love of God. The world doesn't understand. It doesn't make sense, the love of God. And the world didn't understand this lady's pouring out the expensive perfume over Jesus' feet. She didn't hold anything back. She didn't give him a percentage. She didn't give him 50, 70, 80%. She poured everything out on the feet of Jesus as an act of worship, as an act of love. And it didn't make sense to the world. But that's not the point. It made perfect sense to Jesus. And he said that you, she will be remembered, and she is remembered. And we're talking about her 2,000 years later from her. And, and she didn't hold anything back. She wasn't afraid of what people thought about her. And she poured out her love. She poured out her offering over the feet of Jesus. And that was her love for God. And for us in our love for people, it must come from action. And as the video said, our, our, our love for God shows in our love for people. And I, and I pray that it won't make sense to the world. I pray that it will be so outrageous, our love for people, that we'll be going and blessing the fire service, the police service, the councils, the locals' economies, the people that we don't even want to love. It'd be so outrageous, but it'll just completely imitate the heart of God because it'll be that outrageous. It won't make sense to the world, but it's what we are called to do. And this isn't a suggestion. This isn't a suggestion. This is entwined within the Bible. It's entwined within the heart of God that we capture this thing called love and we let it flow in every part of our being towards the people we don't like, to the people that have hurt us, to the people that don't speak about us nicely behind our backs, to the people that are wrong and different. Whoever it may be, we're called to love them regardless. And that's a tough thing to do, but not impossible. And let me tell you one of the keys that I have found okay, in loving people. Let him love you. Let the Father heart of God surround you, uphold you, be within you operating, and then you will have such ease to love other people. Because you cannot give away what you don't have. If you do not allow him to love you, if you do not allow him within the door of your heart and love you and pour out his affection upon you, to pour out his words of encouragement and affirmation over you and to let him hold your hand and to let him speak such love and adoration over you. If you don't receive that, if you don't think you're worthy of that, you'll find it very hard to love other people, especially the ones that are difficult to love. Because we do not deserve his love. I do not deserve his love. But when we were still sinners, Christ died. It was when we were still sinners. And we love because he first loved us. He loved us before we even knew he existed. I've said this before, but with Rachel and I, and it happens a lot. She's a beautiful, I love, I adore my wife. I adore her so much. I'm so, so blessed to have a beautiful, wonderful, incredible wife. 
But the, when we first met, the feelings weren't replicated. I, I, was, I was head over heels. I was head over heels, even before I really spoke to her. And she didn't even know I loved her. And that's the same with Christ. Even when we're not even aware, he still loved us. And so for you to operate in the, in the love of Christ for other people, let yourself be loved. Because you cannot give away what you don't have. Stay close to him because God is love. Stand within him because he is love. And we're going to read John 15 verse 9. And it says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Jesus says, stay, dwell, remain in my love. Keep yourself there. Don't leave. Stand in my love. Let my love be everything to you. Therefore, you will operate out of love for everything you do, everything you do towards God, everything you do towards people, everything you do towards yourself, because you'll be so surrounded and consumed by the love of God. Everything you do will be love. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is exactly what Jesus did. He he abode, abided in the love of God. Therefore, he could operate in healing, signs, wonders, miracles, and he spoke the truth in love. We can't forget that. Jesus said some things that made a lot of people very uncomfortable. He actually said a lot of things that got him killed. And we as a church, we as Christians, not just Christians, I believe there's a difference between Christians and believers, okay? We as believers must use our voice we must in these times more than ever speaking to myself as well jesus said things that made people him very very unpopular but it did not mean he wasn't operating out of the fullness of love these things i've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full so he is saying this to us he's saying if you love and remain in my love if you remain in my love in the father's love your joy will be full so church if you want your joy to be full remain in his love If you don't know what that looks like, here's a bit of a tip. By faith, we move, okay? By faith, we move. By faith, we say. By faith, we do. It's impossible to please God without faith. So stand in today and say, by faith, I stand in your love. Even if you don't feel it, just do it anyway, because we don't go by feelings, we go by faith. By faith, I stand in your love. So Holy Spirit, right now, I just stand in your love by faith. That your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I'm going to shoot through some Bible verses very, very quickly right now, just to, just to show the importance of this. And this is food. The Bible is food. It nourishes us. 1 Peter 4.8, most, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Ephesians 5.2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Colossians 3.14, and above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 1 John 4.7, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Anybody who does not love is not operating out of love. This is what I mean. Jesus said these things. Does not know God, because God is love. And we've got the famous verse in Corinthians 13. I could go on and I could go on. Where it goes, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy. You know, and if I have all these things and the tongues of angels, but I have not love, now I'm just a clanging symbol. Jude 1, 21 says this, Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and to bring you eternal life. So keep yourself a conscious decision to, by faith, I stand in the love of God. I receive the love of God. 
Church, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray that we would be surrounded and know his love. Even in times of hardship, we would know his love that is fighting for us, like any good father fights for his children to deliver his children. That we would stand rooted and grounded in love and that every, every thought we think towards other people, everything we say behind their backs is rooted and grounded in love. Because God is love. And we owe it to him to imitate love. 1 John 3.18 says this, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So let's show our love by our actions. Let's show our love by our giving. Let's pour out our offering to Jesus. Let's pour out our offering, our lives, our resources for the sake of other people imitating the outrageous, it doesn't make sense, love of God, who came as a light in darkness 2,000 years ago. It didn't make sense for him to leave it. It didn't make sense at all. If it was me, I probably wouldn't have done it, and I'm so glad I'm not Jesus or I'm not God. My, his ways are not our ways. But church, I encourage you this Christmas, I'm moving on. Pray big prayers. Pray, God, change my heart. Make my heart like yours, which is a huge prayer. Don't pray it if you don't want it, if you don't want things to happen, because he will. And as I come into end, I'm just going to read this verse right here. Again, his motivation for coming to earth, for being that light in darkness, is this. You ready? This is a brand new verse in the Bible, which has been added. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now that's love right there. So he came to earth to save. He came to earth to save you, to save me, that we would have eternal life and we wouldn't have eternal perishment. We wouldn't be eternally away from God. And what does that say about the heart of the Father? What does that say for his heart for you? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. He didn't come to wave a big stick at you and say, you filthy sinners. He didn't come to come down and say, this is how you should do it, watch my life. He came down to destroy the works of the enemy because Jesus knew it wasn't against flesh and blood. He knew that a lot of people's binding was not a physical thing, but it was a spiritual thing. And he came down to affect the spiritual atmosphere. He did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save the world through him. His motivation for coming to earth all those years ago as Emmanuel, God with us, that light in darkness was love for you, for me, and that still stands to this day. His motivation for you is love. And as I said, we speak the truth in love and sometimes that means saying a difficult thing. And I suggest if you do that, you make sure that you are speaking the truth in love, not just to get one up on somebody else. We're going to play a song now. We're going to play a song. And I'll invite you to where you are, whether you're live with us or whether you're up just in, in the week, in the car, whatever you may be doing. Close your eyes. Let this song wash over you. Worship to it if you want to. But let's, just a song, let's, let's just let this song wash over you. Let us speak to you and know that his motivation for you is love. And church, I just pray over you right now. You would know his love. And the world would know we are his 
by our love. The world would know there is a God by our love. In the name of Yeshua Jesus, we pray. Backstabbing or vanity or arrogance.